Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another fun episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. Today we are featuring a Denver native, they're becoming rare nowadays, um, my friend Liz Rutledge. Liz is the founder of Sustainable Three, and we have connected in a variety of ways on this idea of mindfulness, but Liz has some really great techniques that you can bring into your life every day to be sustainable, not just in your mind, but sustainable on how you integrate with the planet. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you. So we always like to start the show with um, kind of a, a go forward to go back. And that's, um, what's your definition of just the simply the word mindfulness? I use the definition of it's being present in a moment without judgment. Okay, so you use the same definition that I do, the, the John Kabat-Zinn Jeff definition. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Nice. Well, I think that's part of what makes mindfulness interesting is there's not one common definition. So that's why I always invite people on the show to kind of say, what's it mean to you? Um, because even in mindfulness, it's everybody has their own kind of spin on it. So knowing that we're kind of referring to the research of John Kabat-Zinn, talk to me about your passion in starting Sustainable 3. Any woman entrepreneur who starts a project like this has a a big, big vision for it. So tell me a little bit about that. Okay, well, uh, I've always been passionate about the planet. As a Colorado native, I've seen things like the brown cloud uh, when I was a kid was just huddling over the tall buildings in downtown Denver. And now to, I can see that that brown cloud stretches from Colorado Springs to Boulder. And I'm noticing the impact of our activities on this planet. And I think that there are, it's very overwhelming, you know, a lot of the super storms and a lot of things that are going on globally, I think make us feel a little bit stressed about the status of the planet. But I think that if we can take it, break it down into little steps, maybe we can take little steps to work towards living more sustainably individually. And so the sustainable three concept came from, let's just take three steps different levels like let's see if we can start easy and move to a little bit deeper levels of you know maybe composting or recycling or biking to work or whatever choices we can make the purchases that we make the cleaners we use the clothes we wear where we choose to buy our clothes all those kinds of decisions have a tiny but potentially significant impact if enough people were doing it right at the same time i started sustainable three which is basically a blog at this point although I have done some consulting with people on getting started with composting and a few other things. 
I started doing mindfulness in the schools. And I was sort of doing the sustainable three blog and the mindfulness in the schools separately for about four years before it dawned on me that it's all mindfulness. And I came up with this concept, which isn't anything new, but it's like mindfulness about ourselves. So taking care of ourselves, having a moment to take a breath before we enter a room or start a test or have a conversation. And then mindfulness about our community, thinking about our neighborhoods, thinking about our local schools, our local libraries, all that, how can we contribute to a healthy community? And then mindfulness about our planet which would be integrating the sustainability piece and what steps can we take mindfully to make a difference on the planet for the better. Wow, so um, for those who aren't familiar, I happen to be from Denver, so I know what brown cloud is, but for people who don't live here, do you, can you give us just a little bit more about that visual of what, what does that mean and what is, that, what is a brown cloud? Well, in Colorado, there's a weird temperature inversion thing that happens as the weather comes over the mountains and essentially creates a little bit of a cap, a little cloud cap over the city. And so it holds in all of that exhaust from the car cars and the oil refineries and the factories and whatever else. And you can see the pollution with your own eyes. And that's all I'm talking about when I say brown cloud, you can see it. <laughs> Yeah, I, for, for those who aren't from Denver, Denver is kind of at the base of uh, 14,000 feet mountains to our west. And so this, this beautiful lush bubble pocket can also be a mirror for what we see happening out in, in the greater world. Um, so you talk in your, in your blog about these three easy ways to get started. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, my, my book is, you know, Everyday Mindfulness, From Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. And we do live in a world that kind of is rewarding the chaos. So for a lot of people, these planetary mindfulness things are, are new or, or kind of, they feel a little out of reach. So tell us, what's one of those intro level easy things that we can do uh, that might bring us to our own mindfulness and habits that are more sustainable? Well, the one of the biggest impacts I think is methane. So one of my biggest um, goals is to reduce, reduce, reduce what's going into the landfill. Because the landfills are just big methane pockets. So if you can find a way to compost, so Denver has a, a curbside composting system where there's this green bin and you just put everything in there including like animal bones and all the stuff that contribute to the methane in our garbage if you could participate in a composting program or start your own compost or encourage your apartment building or condo association to start comp a compost system for everybody you could reduce your waste dramatically so our family of five ends up with a small very small trash bag every week and the rest goes to recycling or composting that would be a big one another big contributor to methane is um, meat production so not necessarily going vegan but making good choices about the meat that you eat so finding the grass-fed well cared for cow you know beef for example versus the feedlot type type situation um, it's no meat at all, but that's eating less, just reducing our consumption of meat, that kind of thing, um, ultimately, I think will help. 
I'm still here, right, Liz. We're just having a little audio challenge here. So I was um, stopping my video in order to give the bandwidth to your audio. Okay. But that type of that type of thing, I think those are some that can have a big impact that aren't necessarily big, huge life adjustments. Uh, you know, biking to work if you can is a helpful one. And if you travel, like we do a lot of, I love to travel. And then I feel guilty because all of our efforts at home kind of are moot by the time we step on an airplane. But there are all these programs, and I did do a blog post about this, that you can do to participate in that will help you offset your carbon footprint of flying, driving, and whatever else. So what if I don't live in a place that has a recycling center? Denver has a lot of access to these things. How, how would you encourage somebody if they don't have these facilities? Well, obviously, ultimately, we're reusing. So we're reducing the amount of packaging that we're consuming. So you can find, if you can find a store like a Whole Foods um, is the best example I can come up with where they have things in bulk or even, well, I was going to say Costco, but that's not a good example because they still have packaging, most of which is recyclable. But the idea would be to reduce, so use reusable shopping bags. That's kind of a no-brainer but then you have to remember to take them in. You can bring jars to the store to fill in. You can try to buy products that don't have packaging or it's a bit of a stretch for a lot of people, but make your own. Like you can make your own hand soap. You can make your own dish soap. You can make your own cleaners with like water, vinegar, essential oils, and a couple other ingredients, that type of thing. So you talked um, as we were preparing for the show about um, energy and vibrating in this, this sense of energy that you want to create in your life. And I think that's a really cool practice around mindfulness. Can you share a little bit about your own daily mindfulness practice beyond what you're doing for the planet? Well, I have a very good example, if you don't mind me just sharing a little bit about something I've got going on. Um, I'm doing a wellness workshop on Saturday with a good friend of mine, Serena Bullard, and her company is called Catch Happiness. And between my mindfulness teaching and her happiness and resilience training, we're able to give people tools to do that sort of work. But one of the things that Serena does is visioning. So envisioning, you know, how you would be if you had fill in the blank. So the money that you want or the job that you want or the relationship that you want. Well, in preparing for this wellness workshop, I've gotten really wrapped around the axle because we've done all this promoting and we've done all this work to try to make it, you know, full house and a great event and posting on social media and putting up flyers everywhere. And I've been getting really stressed and kind of irritated with my family and friends. And I was driving to yoga yesterday because I cleaned the yoga studio and I was thinking, I can't stay for class because I have too much to do. And as I'm driving, I thought about Serena's visioning process. And I thought, how would I be after this is over? It's done and dusted, all is well, and the money's just been flowing. And I thought I would be relaxed. And on the drive to the yoga, and I drive because I bring my big vacuum with me, but I was like, I just need to relax. And I relaxed and I cleaned the yoga studio and I got to stay for class. And I had this huge release and just did the breath work and got really present and realized that everything's gonna be just fine. Even if we only have one attendee at this workshop, it's all fine, right? And so 
that's a perfect example of where I'm living it just like everyone else. I'm living in America where life, you know, being American to me is about being busy and stressed or you don't really fit in. And, uh, and I just thought, you know what, I need to just relax because this needs to evolve organically. And if people want these tools, they'll come. And if they don't, they won't. And maybe they're not ready and maybe they never will be, right? So that's how I've used it recently. And if anyone is interested and it's not too late, that workshop is this Saturday. It's uh, W3, the number three, spring.eventbrite.com. And we're holding it this Saturday, which is April 13th from 1.30 to 4.30 at Newport Street Retreat in Montclair. If you're not in Denver, no worries. We're at some point going to have a video, but we also are all doing one in July and again in October. So if you go to Eventbrite, you can see those. So mindfulness is that interesting practice of being fully present in the moment, but also, as you say, contrasting that to creating a vision and living from the energy of that vision. So as a woman entrepreneur who's conceptualized this idea of Sustainable 3, what's your highest and best vision for Sustainable 3? Let's just say in the next three years. Well, I would really love to have sort of a split between bringing mindfulness to schools, because I would love to see every teacher in every classroom giving their students in every class a minute to breathe to arrive in math or arrive in social studies or arrive in science and be where they are after they've just been in a busy hall with all the other middle schoolers or high schoolers or whatever. And then I'd love the other half of it to be helping people get there with sustainability. So providing the support they need or education or in whatever format and public speaking to educate people about sustainability. So I, I support your, your vision and I'm curious your take. One of the things I hear a lot in my work is, yeah, Holly, that's great, but it's too expensive. So let's take that example of, I wish all the school teachers could take one minute to breathe before class, which sounds easy. So that's seven minutes, well, five minutes, Monday through Friday, a minute per class. Let's just say there's five classes. So you've got, you know, five minutes, you know, per day times five days. You got 25 minutes you're losing of class time in a, in a class week where there's so many things to do. How do you address the, the actual cost in terms of this example in time, but in terms of others, certainly, you know, there's a financial aspect. How, how do you help people justify that uh, resource of time or money challenge that often we hear as mindfulness practitioners? Absolutely. So I think the biggest one is you're actually not losing any time because kids who are feel balanced are not going to act up as much. They're not going to bully. They're not going to be disruptive in class. They might even be more mindful about the time in class and choose to not waste the teacher's time with, I need to go to the restroom or whatever disruption because they're recognizing we have this time to learn our math skills. So I guess I would just say, it's kind of a priceless gift that you're giving because you're going to have fewer kids sent to the principal's office and more attentiveness. Um, the observation I've heard from other people who teach mindfulness and my own personal observation of the students is that the more they do this mindfulness, the more present and calm they are, the better listeners they are. They're going to perform better on tests. They're going to be focused, have better recall and be kinder to each other. So ultimately, I think it's actually 
um, you can't really put a price on it. And the time, I think, actually balances out. What, what a beautiful line there. It's a priceless gift that you are giving. So if people want to get more information about this workshop, about your blog and consulting, Liz, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can go to my website, sustainable3.com, which is sustainable, T-H-R-E-E. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. I can't remember all of them, but anyway, I took Twitter. Um, I'm as I'm as socially media active as I can stand to be, <laughs> given that it's it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, but just Google Sustainable Three, and you can find me that way. Awesome, Liz. Well, thank you so much for the work you're doing personally and professionally, and certainly for the planet. We wish you the best, and we look forward to having you on another episode of the show soon. Thank you very much, Holly. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm-hmm.